We begin the show with the G20 summit that took place on the Indonesian island of Bali this week. Russian President Vladimir Putin decided to skip the proceedings that were inevitably dominated by the war that he started in Ukraine and the global crises that have arisen from it. Here are the main key takeaways of the gathering. Now, the summit ended with a joint declaration in which most members strongly condemned the Russia-Ukraine conflict. It's a crisis other leaders blame for making the state of the global economy worse. Leaders also reaffirmed their commitment to the global transition to sustainable energy, saying they want to pursue efforts to limit the rise in global temperatures to under 1.5 degrees Celsius. They also promised to mobilise $20 billion to help Indonesia shut down coal power plants. The event was also an opportunity for one-on-one -on -one diplomacy that will have global implications. U.S. President Joe Biden and Chinese leader Xi Jinping met for the first time since Biden became president. They agreed to keep lines of communication open to avoid an escalation in trade tensions. Meanwhile, nations agreed to pace interest rate rises carefully to maintain the stability of the global financial system. Leaders there also recognised that massive pandemic-era spending packages are partly to blame for red-hot inflation. And Russia spoke in favour of extending the Black Sea Grain Initiative during the G20, which was due to expire on Saturday. Upon his return from the summit, the Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan announced the deal had been extended for another 120 days. Since it was signed in July, the agreement has facilitated the export of some 11 million tonnes of grain to nations in need. The food, energy and financial crises must be ended as soon as possible. And all these can be possible if the dialogues result in cooperation. We hope for a speedy recovery and then a fast rise of the global economy. Together with Russia, Ukraine and the UN, we built this grain export corridor in the Black Sea, which serves greatly as a solution to the food security problem. With this deal, we have managed to export around 11 million tons of grain into world markets. We will continue with our efforts to keep this deal in force uninterrupted and to deliver grain to the most needed countries, with Africa being first. I'll talk about Ukraine's advancement in my address to the participants of the G19 summit in Indonesia. This is a union of very important states. And on the eve of the summit, significant statements have already been made. In particular, it is important that the United States and China together noted the inadmissibility of any threats to use nuclear weapons. Everyone understands to whom these words are addressed. Let's get more on this now with Taha Arvas. He's an economist and an adjunct professor of finance at Boazici University here in Istanbul. And he joins me now here in the studio. Good to have you back with us as always, Taha. Let's start with that G20 declaration. Leaders have promised to tackle the global issue of food insecurity. And they also applauded the Black Sea Grain Initiative that Turkey helped to broker back in July. In fact, as world leaders left Bali, uh, the Turkish president announced that the deal had been extended extended for another four months. Right. How significant is that breakthrough? That's very significant, only because you know, we've talked about the, the, uh, the global significance of Russia and Ukraine and how a large part of the world's grain comes from this specific area. So without that, we would be in a very bad situation globally, especially the most vulnerable countries need access to these grains. So that's a very important step. Yes. Now, uh, another thing that the leaders agreed on in the declaration was that countries uh, sh should 
pace interest rate rises carefully to avoid spillover. Spillover refers to the concerns that emerging economies had about the risk of huge amounts of capital leaving their countries as the US continued to uh, hike their interest rates. Do you think countries will actually listen to that given that inflation is still a problem? Um, I, I think the important one here is the United States, frankly. The United States um, increasing its interest rates is forcing all other countries to increase interest rates. Obviously, um, commodities, as we know, are priced in U.S. dollars. So with the increase in U.S. interest rates, if, if other emerging markets or other, even frankly, the euro, the eurozone, uh, Australia, Great Britain, whatever, all of these countries have to increase their rates on par with the United States if they want to keep up. Otherwise, their currencies depreciate. Um, the reality is the Fed is an independent organization. They don't answer to President Biden or the U.S. Congress, for that matter. Um, and they've said, even as recently as a couple days ago this week, that they won't stop uh, increasing interest rates because the job market is so healthy. Inflation has not at all been tamed. They're looking at 2% inflation as their target. Um, so they need to move towards that. It doesn't appear as, they're, as though they're going to slow down. And markets aren't pricing them to slow down. So while this promise may have been made by, by some countries is just lip service. They can't really affect the outcome of what the Fed is going to do. And I don't think the Fed is going to, frankly, comply because it's not, not their job to. Okay, Taha Arafas, thank you so much for your analysis, as always. My pleasure.